0: Put on your favorite twerk, fry up some back bacon, crack open a beer, eh? We're talking about Canadian horror films on this episode of Attack of the Killer podcast, you hosers. Just don't listen to this on hockey night, eh?
1: Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer podcast.
0: Good day, eh? I'm Insane McKenzie. Welcome to the Great White North, eh? Oh, God. This is episode 179, and we will be talking about horror films from the Great White North, Canada, eh? We picked three movies made in Canada to talk about, and they're beauties, eh?
2: Don't you mean to talk a boot?
0: Oh, that's right. (laughs) although i am disappointed in why one of these isn't strange brew right because that 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 movie's a beauty (laughs) and it's got ghosts and stuff in it so it should count a flying dog trait this episode of attack of the killer podcast i wish was sponsored by tim hortons (laughs) but it's not but even better, our sponsor is Shudder! Nothing? Shudder. <laughs> Shudder. I bet Shudder's got some Canadian films on it. I didn't look.
3: <laughs> you know they do.
0: They got the changeling. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, Shudder is the, the coolest streaming service full of horror and genre pictures... It's only $4.99 a month and only $49.99 a year. And now you can get a month of shutter for free. It's a gift from us here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. <clears throat> All you gotta do is follow these easy steps to get a month free on us. Step one, you've got to listen to our show.
4: <laughs>
0: so and if you're hearing this right now, you're already halfway done, so good job. Step two. Go to shutter.com backslash podcast and enter the promo code A-O-T-K-P and get your first month for free. I say first because once you do it, you're going to get hooked. You're going to sign up as you should. So that's shutter.com backslash podcast. Enter the promo code A-O-T-K-P. Alright, so if you like our show, um, and you want to be a supporter, you want to support by contributing to our Patreon, go to patreon.com backslash AOTKP and pick your level. And as uh, for as low as only a dollar a month, up to ten dollars, you can get all kinds of different bonus content, like bonus episodes, special videos, my show Insane Mike's One Minute Top Ten list, and so much more. So, again, that's patreon.com backslash A-O-T-K-P. Hundreds of hours are waiting for you to, once you get signed up. Hundreds. Because, like, not only do you get, like, thrown onto the bandwagon where, like, now all of a sudden when the new ones come out, you're going to get all those. You could backtrack and get a, wa- and watch yep. or listen to all the previous stuff. Access to all the stuff before. That's right. It's pretty awesome. It's a cornucopia <laughs> of content. Yep. No one's going to ask me what a cornucopia means. Good. <laughs> Attack of the Killer podcast is a proud member of the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. The network uh, just added its 13th show. Heck yeah, Lucky did. 13. A uh, new show called, well, new to us, called The Death List. Man, I love that show. It's a good show. The Death List, what it is, it's um, the original fan-driven podcast that is dedicated to ranking the best of the horror genre. So check it out and all the other shows at thepfpn.com. In mm-hmm. Attack of the Killer podcast, if you are new to us, what we are is we're a show where a group of friends get together, we talk about horror films, we usually pick a topic, we talk about films within that topic, and we discuss these films as if we're all just hanging out. And the hijinks ensue. That's right. So it's an open and free conversation, mm-hmm. so there may be some dirty words. And definitely spoilers. And definitely Some spoilers. So, now let's heat up some poutine and head north for Canadian horror. I had poutine for lunch today. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, at the warehouse barbecue.
3: You suck. So good. Brisket. Oh, Oh, my God. Sorry. Got distracted.
0: Yeah, me too. I don't know where (laughs) I was at. Oh,
2: well, let me introduce you. I got distracted because I thought you said (laughs) Poontang.
0: Sorry. (laughs) Both just as tasty. Here is the podcast crew. Much like Celine Dion, he always beats on his chest while belting out I Will Go On and On while someone plays a pan flute. But enough about his sex life. Andy Wassum, everybody. (laughs) Hi. Near, far, wherever you are. (laughs) Everybody remember that Terrence and Phillip characters from South Park? You know, characters from canada with flappy heads and beady little eyes yep. and all they do is fart well that reminds me of tad good everybody that's the best you got you uh, wouldn't fart so much it would <laughs> oh this one's not much better he took a job cleaning a hockey rink uh, he was sweeping the ring and ended up in the olympics in the curling competition
3: jason <laughs> bollinger <laughs> I'll be honest, I've been enjoying watching curling in the last few Olympics. I still don't know how it's fucking played at all, but I'll it's sit like, and watch it for hours. It, it's just... It's a it, force, I, and you just sweep shit out of the way. I, I love. I, it's more fun watching the guys get all super serious about it, and freak out and shit. I love it.
0: Anyway, hey! What's up, everybody? It's the coolest sport ever, because it doesn't make any goddamn sense.
2: Uh, they totally get all the checks, too, I bet. Yeah. Oh, I bet.
0: Okay, so now it's time to turn it over to Tad.
1: All right. We're going to go right into our weekly segment, What We Watched. On this segment, we sort of go around to each member of the podcast, and we discuss what we've watched since we last recorded that's not part of this episode. So for this, I'm going to kick it off with Andy. What did you watch?
2: Okay, I got about five things here, so I'll get started really quick, um... I watched the Scream Factory release of Ninja 3: The Domination. Sweet, that movie rules. Um, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, you can't really take it seriously oh, at all. I don't know. Um, doesn't make you thirsty you know, for V8 though. Oh, absolutely. Um, Here's the thing. Now, if some people are a little bit new to, like, canon films and just how delightfully um, just batshit crazy they can be, people think Ninja 3, The Domination. they um, They may think, you know, that it's like a karate movie, like from the 80s. Well yes and no you have a dead ninja who possesses the soul of like a gymnast electrician uh played by lucinda Dickey, and then uh said you know soul gets you know out of this out of this girl after she's killed a few you know hundred people or whatever and uh it goes back into the the ninja that's that's dead so like you know, you have possession and a reanimated zombie ninja. I mean, that's if that's not a horror movie, then I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's an acquired taste, but I think it's it's definitely worth a watch once and uh Lucinda Dickey, who also uh was in uh the breakdance movie Breakin' and she also uh has I think one of her last roles was uh cheerleader camp. Uh which uh, had uh, Leif Garrett in it, and that was another horror movie. And it turns out uh, she was actually raised in Hutchinson, Kansas, which is uh, I mean, she's kind of from the sticks. She's about two hours away from me. So Hmm. There's that. I also watched a independent movie with Chris Mulkey and Linnea Quigley called Collapse. <laughs> I don't Woo-hoo! know who to, these two crazy-ass yahoos who wrote and directed this thing, but I really enjoyed it. And I could not call it, by the way. Um, oh, nice. Very, very, huh? I, very, very sneaky. Uh, but I was uh, I was thinking to myself, okay, some of the shit that Mulkey's doing is not, not <laughs> making sense. Why would he go to all the trouble to get that gas and then just bolt? Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't even pick up his gas can. And I was yeah. just like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Hence the name Collapse. Complete and total mental collapse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, I thought it was Thank funny you. that you um, that you put a guy uh, up. Uh, you had a picture of a guy in a <laughs> hair salon who <laughs> doesn't have a real that's abundance how, of hair. That's how good <laughs> they are. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I just thought that was actually pretty damn funny and, and uh, the bobbing head scene. Yeah. Calling the guy Bob. That's, 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 good stuff. that's, insane, love Mike. it. Love it. Thank you. Um, also, uh, the, uh, I have a, a note in here from Jason, from Jason that I won't, I won't get into, but I told him it's like, now it's like my favorite Blu-ray insert of all time now. <laughs> just, just because of the content of that. I wrote team. him a so little it's, story it's, about the movie. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's it's in there and it's I, I enjoy it. Um the next one, uh and I didn't watch these in this particular order, but the next one that I have here is Colossal that and I really liked it. It has Jason Sudeikis. Sid, Sid, sure, Sudeikis. Right? Anne Hathaway and Tim Blake Nelson. It's uh you may, you guys <clears throat> may have heard of this. Uh have you have you guys? No, uh uh-uh. uh nope. Um, oh, wait, yes, I have. It's on Hulu, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically this girl, she uh, moves back into her hometown, and unbeknownst to her at first, uh, there's an attack going on in Korea of this like colossal, you know, this really big monster, right? And it turns out every mannerism that she does within the realm of this park uh, that she's in in her hometown the monster basically mimics what she's doing. So, I mean, if, like, she's, like, stumbling around drunk, she's, like, running... This monster's, like, stumbling around, running around into buildings, like, in in Korea. Oh, just knocking okay. stuff over. And she's, like... Sometimes she starts dancing, and, like, these Koreans are looking up at her, like, going, like, what the fuck is this thing doing? You know, it's, it's scratching her head. Uh, but, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. It's a... It's truth you know and I don't say this very often it's unlike anything I've ever seen and it's actually a pretty darn good movie so colossal when she described it I re- I was like oh yeah I have heard of that mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it's fun it's it's actually it's pretty good uh, okay we also and this is uh, uh, a mid 90s one that I had uh, I had not seen but I, I'll tell you one of the reasons uh, why I, I Actually bought it. I picked it up fairly cheap, but it's Children of the Corn Three: Urban Harvest. Now, there's nothing really.
3: Uh, <laughs> You're just a completist. That's all that is. <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, there's nothing really <laughs> special about it. But I will say this: you have a you have a couple of close ups of uh, one of the uh, you know the children of the corn. Like they begin following this little shit with a sickle, and it's just. It's, it's not all that important uh, to the plot, but you'll you'll see close-ups of an actress, and you'll see close-ups of her twice, and it's just like, okay, let's put this very, very pretty girl here, uh, just for some eye candy. And she doesn't say anything, she says no words, she just kind of stares straight ahead. But it is probably the first on-screen uh, presence of Charlize Theron. Oh, yeah. Children of the Corn 3. So... It's a, I mean, it, for what it was, it was it was okay. But I will say this: uh, Screaming Mad George, Woo! very underrated uh, effects artist in this. He he's, oh, yeah. he actually does some really, really good effects, and I was just like, wow! For you yeah. know, the budget of this movie, I mean, they've got some really good stuff in it. So that that's the one thing I will say positive about that movie. And the last one I watched, um, I picked this up at half price books, and I feel like I should have got another one. And I, because uh, if Tad has not seen it yet, but it's a documentary called John Carpenter: The Man and His Movies, and it has interviews with Carpenter, Jamie Lee Curtis, Peter Fonda, Kurt Russell, Barbo, Keach, uh, Stacey Keach, Alice Cooper, Nick Castle. Uh, Deborah Hill, Greg Nic- Nicotero, and they literally, uh, they touch on his film school, Dark Star, Assault on Precinct 13, they, they didn't touch on everything except for, and it bums me out, um, they didn't talk about Big Trouble in Little China, and they did not talk about In the Mouth of Madness, but they covered almost every everything else up until uh, Vampires. Um, I don't know when this was produced, but in, an English woman is uh, doing the uh, the voiceovers for this, and I noticed that he he did like before, even before he got nominated for uh, a Starman for uh, from the Academy, he was actually. Uh, there was a short film that he did the music for that actually won an Academy Award back, you know, when he was in film school. So, I mean, he's actually been recognized for more than just Starman. And uh, they talk about how he kind of went through some crap, uh, you know, after the thing, how he got like some, he got a lot, he got a lot of guff for the thing because it was so, so violent. And uh, basically, Starman was his answer to saying, like, it was like him saying he's sorry. But you know, I like making these films. But hey, look, look what I can do here. You know, I'm not just this one-dimensional filmmaker. I can do, I can do that kind of thing. But I just prefer to do this other stuff. But very interesting uh, documentary. And that's what I watched. And have you have you seen that, Tad? Before I
1: have not. No.
2: Okay, yeah, next time uh, if I go into Omaha and it's 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 there, uh, I'll see if I can try and find you a copy and this time I'll send it and hopefully the freaking postal service will get you your package. Oh. Well,
1: maybe my neighbor would watch it with their <laughs> Halloween poster. <laughs> mm, yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Alright. That's, that's what I got. Okay, Mike, what did you watch?
0: I didn't get around to watching too much. I saw... Captain Marvel. So that was awesome, but I won't get into that. It's not really fitting with the show. Closest thing that I really watched that would fit with the show. I watched this documentary that I kind of want to talk about called Frankenfake. It's from uh, 2014. It's on Amazon Prime, and it's it's pretty short. It's only 100 and, uh, 118 minutes. Um, that's two hours. That's pretty short. Okay. Um. <laughs> It's written and directed and starring this guy named Joe Castro, and basically what it's about, it's about his experience on the sci-fi reality makeup uh, competition show Face Off, <clears throat> and apparently he was—I can't remember what season he was on—but he walked off of the show, and. This whole documentary is just how is talking about how fake the show is and how scripted it is and how unfair it is and and how he how he was mistreated and the legal things that were going on and and this, that and the other thing and oh my god, like people people bitch about like how um Michael Moore movies are really one sided. Um but shit, I've never this how this exists without the sci-fi channel suing this guy is beyond me i mean he literally puts pictures of the producers of the show up on the screen with a big fat text across their face saying liar and he's just wow. throughout the documentary the narration is just constantly calling these people liars and thieves and literally using those words and i just was like dumbfounded at this thing i was so captivated this was like this is like the type of shit you see people doing on facebook not a fucking feature length documentary you know <laughs> it is so extremely one sided and like oh it's such it's so so hateful it is so hateful i'm like does this guy in junior high what's going on i don't get it but uh yeah yeah, it's it's. I don't even. I can't even. I don't even feel like I'm really doing it justice. But it's called Franken, Fake. Check it out Whoa. on Amazon Prime because it's it's. The production value on the documentary itself is horrible. It's bad. <laughs> it's really bad document. Well, poorly made documentary. But docs about
3: filmmaking are always good and fun, right?
0: Yeah. Well, this is this is fun for the pure novelty of just how insane person can be in yeah insanely angry this and irrational this guy who made the movie is i mean i get it like if if even half of what he's saying is is true universally true and not his just one-sided opinion then you know yeah you know fuck you face off you know and and i Pro- I do believe some of it because it is a reality TV show, and anybody who thinks a reality TV shows are actual reality, they're kidding themselves. But uh, wow, it's just just wow, that's all I can say. Unbelievable. Um, I kind of went Tad to see it because uh, the fonts oh. in the movie are horrendous. So
1: <laughs>
0: it's just so poorly made that even the fonts are bad. So, but that's that's what I watched.
1: Awesome, I uh, I tend to think there's a lot of stuff on Amazon Prime, and it's especially documentaries. There's, there's like so many weird ones when it recommends like like the weirdest, most obscure VHS documentary. Several of them on there to me oh, all the time. Oh, there's a ton of them, yeah, yeah, and uh, it's just overwhelming. So I just don't watch any of them. So <laughs>
0: I, I like I like most of the. I've watched probably most of those VHS documentaries, and I like them all. They're so. They're so rewind fun. Rewind this. And yep. Then, yeah. yep. Yeah. That's and, fun and, stuff. And I'll do that too. I'll just go down the rabbit hole of like, people who watched this also watch this, and I'll just keep ju- going down that hole forever. But I discovered, we've had it on the Roku forever, and I just now finally started surfing through it, that Tubi, T-U-B-I, that holy shit. If you want some cool documentaries, there's a ton of amazing documentaries on there. It's got the... The Resonance documentary on there. It's got a documentary on there about the Dead Kennedys. And and um, a documentary that I have been trying to find forever, because I saw it first time on Netflix when I first got Netflix, is a, a documentary called um, Blank City, which is about the uh, underground New York no-wave uh, filmmaking scene uh, back in the late 70s, early 80s. Which I'm fascinated by, and I love that doc. So mm-hmm. once I found it on there, and I just started searching and searching, I'm like, holy shit, there's so much stuff on here. Like, every category has a minimum of 200 titles that you have to surf through. You so it's, it's really daunting. But what's that? But you love it, I think. I do. Good luck. Good luck. Like, Not an hour later, like, okay, I'm going to go back and watch that one. Where the fuck was it? Uh huh. <laughs> scrolling backwards for an hour no uh-uh. but uh yeah i just got to like find the first thing and just click on it and be settled with that so but it's a cool channel if you guys
1: have never checked it out before all right well jason let's get your list of what you watched
3: well uh, i hope you guys are all sitting down because i'm i'm seen... laying
1: down i know you are <laughs>
3: Said, I've only seen one movie in the last two weeks. It's oh. been crazy. and Wow. And it's not even a horror movie. It's I, I got to see Captain Marvel. That's all I got to see.
0: <laughs> we saw Captain Marvel together. Heck yeah. Are we
3: high-fiving? Yep. Yeah.
0: High-fiving. I loved it. It's great. It's good. It's got like an alien tentacle monster in it. So you know. Right. You didn't think
3: it counted, so I guess we're not talking about it. <laughs> That's, did uh,
1: we all see that? I think did Did you see it, Andy?
2: I have not. I'm not. I'm not against seeing it. I just never got around to it.
1: Whatever you anti feminist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I know. Oh, man, let's go down that.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, someone should ask me what I watched.
0: Hey, hey, uh, what did you watch?
1: Oh, I'm so glad you guys asked. <laughs> I uh, I only saw a few things. I finally got to sit down and finish Lords of Chaos. There you uh, go. I saw it four times in four (laughs) nights.
0: Mm.
3: So the screenings went uh, okay.
1: Yeah, they went okay. Some some tech issues, but um, nothing Uh, major. I just I'm just critical of what my presentation. But uh, Mm. I really enjoyed it. I want to sort of uh, go down that hole and see how accurate that story is. And I don't know if all, all the reading in the world could tell me that because, you know, you're going to get certain sides to that story. Yeah,
0: and, especially the, uh, the you know, third act with what yeah. happens in the third act. Um, you know, you're only, get, you're only getting one perspective of that story, so who knows.
1: Right, and I've heard... You know people are upset about the movie and other people are standing by it and there's probably endless takes on that. So I'm just taking it for face value. The movie was well made. I enjoyed the two hours that I enjoyed watching it. so uh, I'm I guess some people are sort of upset that someone is profiting on like a story like that. but I mean, true crime is such a huge thing right now, so huge. You know they're not yeah. the first and only ones to be doing that, and you know I don't see I don't necessarily see a problem with it. But uh, I don't
0: see a problem with it either because I I like how <coughs> I like how the film kind of really takes the piss out of those guys. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it does do it doesn't come right and come right out and treat them like buffoons. You know, it's a little more subtle than that. But like, yeah, these were just a bunch of dumb punk ass kids who, you know, it got they, too deep. Yeah and uh i guess you know because verg only spent like six years in jail for what he did yeah so, so he's out and he's been doing youtube videos for years and i guess there's a series of youtube videos that he's done where he's critiquing the movie so i'm really curious to check those out i bet they're hilarious
1: yeah i i know he goes by another name now yeah i don't yeah i don't i guess to protect himself like but then he is very open about who he is. I don't know, yeah. uh, but like I said, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was very well made. I love uh, Gunpowder and Sky is the studio that distributed this, and they've been killing it. They're not quite a twenty four, but they're like they're up there. You know, their movies aren't quite as serious, but I'm really enjoying what they've been putting out. So. Uh, mm-hmm looking forward anytime they have something coming out i i look forward to it now and and it helps that they work with us at the theater and you know are very cool so other thing i watched besides captain marvel which i saw and enjoyed was i revisited the 90s buffy the vampire slayer sweet uh you know obviously the passing of luke perry i sort of wanted to go back yeah yeah. it's been a long time i picked it up on blu-ray recently so i'm sure they'll throw it on criterion or something but
0: <laughs>
1: uh, Nikki had never seen it before, and she's a huge Paul Rubin fan, so I thought, oh, wow. It's a good time to That's, watch it. That
0: surprises me that she's never seen it. And for, yeah. And for me, I haven't seen it in years either, but for me, Paul Rubin kind of steals the show.
1: Yeah, I, for some reason, I remember as a kid, I was. I mean, I watched this as a kid. Uh, I thought he was in it a little bit more. The movie, <coughs> excuse me, overall was. You know, still a lot of fun, but man, it, like, there's a lot of stuff in it that I never noticed as, you know, it's probably it's been like, you know, 15, 20 years since I've seen it. Now, looking at it with a more critical eye, I, there's a lot of stuff I really question, but it's still a lot of fun. It's really dumb, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, and, it's, uh,
2: it's campy.
1: It's more than campy. It's just <laughs> like, some of the stuff just does not, it's like, why is this what? how does that work? You know, and there's just a lot, I have a lot, a lot of questions watching it, but it didn't stop me from enjoying it. And it's, I don't know. It's sort of, you know, obviously Luke Perry was a huge part of the nineties. It's sad that he passed. So yeah, revisiting that. And it's, uh, one of the movies that came up obviously when he passed because of his performance and his role as how such a big name sort of took a backseat, uh, as far as, you know, and at that time, it was like unheard of that a, a female lead would take the precedence over a male such as him, you know, a big name actor. And uh, he just sort of, I don't know, he, he, he provides a good uh, supporting performance, I guess you would say. So, yeah, it, I enjoyed it. I'm glad I watched it again. Uh, I'm glad I picked up the Blu-ray. It's so it's a dumb, fun, easy movie. And that's pretty but,
2: much what I watched. Cool. But I mean you've you've got such a I think you've got such a great supporting cast in that film as well. You know, so I mean you've got rutger Howard, Donald Donald Sutherland, uh, David Arquette, and uh, you know, you've got horror alumni there in uh uh Sasha Jensen too, even though yeah. his role was very small. But yeah, I I watched it like maybe around the same time you did, like ten, ten years ago, I think. And I was just like, oh yeah. I mean, I, I I think it came out when I was like in the the sixth grade, and I watched it like yeah, you know, a lot because you know I couldn't I couldn't get in trouble if I was watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was like the it was kind of like the cutoff for me.
1: Well, I remember watching it because I have an older sister, and she was you know. That bright age where Beverly Hills 90210 was like her thing. And so having him in that movie, you know, she wanted to watch it. And it was like, I was at that age where it probably wasn't cool to be watching it because it was like a girl, it was like, a, oh, it's a girl yeah. movie, or whatever, that, and, and uh, clueless and that. But I grew up watching those. And man, like, biggest crush on her, biggest crush on Alicia, Alicia Silverstone, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Watching it again, I'm like, man, this is still, like, she's still super hot in it, so.
2: Christy Swanson.
1: Yes, so much yes, but uh, (laughs) I still, like I said, I still had fun, and this isn't a movie, but I thought I would bring up this strange little coincidence that I mentioned to the rest of the guys. On Saturday, I went to a comedy show. There was a comedian that opened for the the headliner, which was Neil Hamburger, but there was a guy called Major (laughs) Entertainer. And it was the strangest thing because this guy did a whole bit about horror, and he sort of picked people out of the crowd to name a horror movie, and he would like do a quick, um, not review, but like a spiel on the movie, like he, he showing that he was very knowledgeable about horror, and then he turned it into a song. But it ended up he sort of asked everybody um, what their favorite gay horror movie was, and people were sort of drawing a blank. No one really knew how to respond and uh he went into the song about uh frank Henenlotter, and <laughs> he had a very long full fledged song that he wrote about frank and it was the three movies that we touched on in the last episode awesome. and this was saturday uh, night and we, we dropped the episode on friday night you know or yeah. friday morning how fucking weird and what a coincidence <laughs> and uh so I went, you know, of course, I, I approached him after the show and introduced myself and we talked and we got talking about stuff and I sort of told him, you know, how weird that was and how it sort of freaked me out. Like, <laughs> I'm sitting there watching a the show and I'm like, what in the fuck? Like, not only did he just mention it, he had a whole song and it was a threes. I mean, I know those are the, the three movies that we covered yeah. are pretty much his, you know, main, the movies he's known for. Yeah, it's Calling Cards. Right. But what are the odds, you know? And oh, it's so I know strange. It. Yeah. And, I talked to him, and he's an absolute huge fan. He's a big horror guy. Uh, He's worked on several horror movies. um, Mm -hmm. And so he was talking about that song, and I guess I don't own the basket case Blu-ray that you guys talked about on the last episode, but he mentioned... uh, there's like a super fan on the thing. I know yep. you guys talked about this and there's a cassette tape in that segment that has songs about the movies yep. and that song that he performed was on that cassette. And so, oh, cool. um, yeah. So what a crazy small world that is. And I don't know, it just sort of puts some perspective, like this guy who's touring, you know, the, the U S doing comedy is just another one of us, you know what I mean? So
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I messaged him on Instagram, sent him a link to our podcast, you know, and,
4: very Maybe, cool.
1: You know, yeah, he's going to give it a listen. And, yeah, how cool. It's like such a weird small world that this little thing, you yeah, know. Who's you going around people.
3: singing songs about Frank Lauder? Exactly. Yeah. In and Iowa. How many, no
1: <laughs> yeah, how many people in that bar besides me knew about what the hell he's talking about? Nobody. No one. Not at all. <laughs> you know, and, and he, when he he asked me for a horror movie, I almost said Basket Case. Mm-hmm. And I, I told him that afterwards, he's like, you would have totally fucked my whole act if you'd done that. <laughs> oh wow! He the, the, he he like starts the song really slow with the movies that people from the crowd select. Because uh, someone was like Puppet Master, and he's like, you know, oh low budget full moon direct to video, uh, and he, he like did this whole. It was like part of his act was putting this uh, bits of the movies that whoever yelled out into the song. Like he was that quick that he could make it into the song. And uh cool. if I would have said basket case for uh, he, I was the first person I was the first person he asked and if I would have said that he would have had to just skip out the whole bit at the beginning just gone right into it so Wait what did you say? I said wh- I'll give you a guess. What did you what do you think I said? <laughs> gay
2: He horror. he asked uh, uh, gay horror movie?
1: No, he he started with just horror movies. What's your favorite oh. horror movie? Oh. Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. And he was he was like cool cool uh he said something like uh, the John Carpenter created the blueprint for the modern slasher. Filmed in nineteen seventy eight in Pasadena, California. He like, I mean, he, he was like, you know, any any movie anybody listed, he had this little spiel just right away into it, and it was a, it was in the song. I don't know even how to explain. It was a weird night, man. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I he was singing. You guys it sounded like songs. You guys are, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys are at all familiar with um, Neil Hamburger, but if if you are, you would know how weird this night was. I can only imagine.
0: Man, I wish it would have went. I would have said oh. like neon maniacs or something, I like try to stump him.
1: No, he and he would have known, man. Like I talked to this guy. Like I've been chatting with him on uh, Instagram, and he knows the stuff. He he he's like into stuff that I, I think he, you and you and him would get along, Mike, because. He is like asking me about these really obscure directors, and I'm like, no, man, I've never heard of him. But oh. this, this—he goes by a major entertainer, but his actual name is Mike Hickey. He's uh, just did a movie called Night Pulse this this year with mm. Damon Packard. If anyone knows that director, Mm-mm. but he's apparently a pretty big cult director. I don't know him, but it's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I watched the trailer, and it's like a no budget. Horror thriller type movie, and he said uh, they put it up on Amazon Prime, and it got pulled for several copyright infringements. So.
3: <laughs> what a crazy anyway, Neil Hamburger show, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a weird night. I sort of I saw that on on Facebook. Justin Beam was talking, or was thinking about going, and he didn't he didn't show up. I'm sad he didn't because he would have enjoyed it. Mm. Minus all of Neil Hamburger's uh, kiss jokes. <laughs> Damn it. Okay,
0: so now it's time to get into some Canadian horror films, eh? Hey! Hey! So let's go ahead and have uh Andy start us off uh, with our first film.
2: Okay, the first film is David Cronenberg's The Brood.
5: come from the unknown, and they're here now, hiding, waiting to strike. You can feel their presence all around you. Never before have you come this close to the edge of terror. Never before have you faced anything so strange and sinister, so bizarre and unnerving. Never until now. David Cronenberg's The Brood. Are you ready for me, Frank? I seem to be a very special. I'm in the middle of a strange adventure. I want to go with you wherever you go. Do you? Yes. Then look! The Brood. You can run. You can hide and hope they won't find you. But you won't escape. Once unleashed, The Brood. Will destroy anyone who gets in their way. David Cronenberg's Ultimate Experience in Inner Terror, starring Oliver Reed and Samantha Egar. The Brood,
2: they're waiting for you. Now, a uh, brief little rundown of this film. Uh it's about a man's wife is under the care of this unconventional psychologist by the name of Dr. Raglan, played by the late Oliver Reed. Um, he has this unique form of therapy called psychoplasmics. Now, this technique, and you'll see it at the beginning of the film, it involves this sort of theatrical role-playing between the doctor and the patient, in order to provide some kind of catharsis, catharsis, excuse me, for a variety of psychological ailments, you know, it all depends on what they're there for. However, after the man's daughter, the guy's named Frank, uh, she returns from visiting her mother at Doctor Raglan's Soma Free Institute. Uh, He notices bruises and scrapes on his daughter's back. Uh, Due to this, uh, the man tries to prevent his wife, uh, whose name is Nola, from seeing their daughter. However, he faces resistance from this Dr. Raglan, and the reason being that interaction with her daughter, uh, Candace, is crucial to this, this Nola's therapy. Meanwhile, during this time, Nola's mother and father are murdered by deformed children. that That's what, the only thing that they can come up with. Uh, one murder in which happens while well, Candace is actually in the house. Uh, Frank begins to sus- suspect a connection between the murders and the Soma Free Institute of Psychoplasmics. And that's basically uh, how, the, how the film starts. Uh... What, is, what would your guys' take on this After you know, before I go into what's really going on?
0: Uh, this movie's me.
2: fucked. What? <laughs> what? This it's is got a Criterion
0: release. I know that. Rewatching it again, I have to say, this is probably... I've always really liked this movie, but I think other than The Fly. Uh, Fly is the default, but uh, other than The Fly, I think this might be my favorite Cronenberg movie. I really Why? like it. What? Why? I think the the little the little uh, monster kids are really creepy. There's some really good there's really good scares in the film. I think yeah. it's it's sick and wrong. You know, getting to see yeah. little, little children getting their backs blown out by getting shot in the face and whatever. Um, yeah. You know, and biting open placentas and stuff. You know, it's it's a good time. Ooh. Yeah, it's a good time.
2: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I. The the children, to me, look like Heather O'Rourke went to the island of Dr. Moreau. So, uh, and I totally wanted this kid's happy days lunchbox in this movie. Uh Damn it.
1: (laughs) You don't have it? I
2: I have the metal one. This is the plastic one, so. What I have is worth more, but I still want the damn thing.
0: (laughs) Art Hinkle plays Frank, and I'm an Art Hinkle fan. Um, Know him from Black Christmas, so pretty big canadian oh, actor yes. um but uh yeah and like sometimes there's a lot of head scratching that goes on in cronenberg films not that this one doesn't but like i i buy into the premise it's a mm-hmm. the, the yeah i the buy the narrative th- is i buy into the premise that basically um this psychoplasm plasmy thing is like the mind is so strong that it basically cre- it can create f- like physical things on a person like the guy who's got the cancer on his neck or the guy we see in the beginning, how he's when he starts breaking down on, on stage, he starts getting these boils, these like blisters all over his body. And the wife is so deep into this psychoplasty thing that she's like the ultimate. In in this research, because not not only can she, you know can she like these boils and stuff appear on her, but it's to the point where she's physically creating life that is psych that that is that are extensions of her psyche. Um, it, in this, and I don't know, I she think ha- it's a cool concept. It's, little hate babies. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well. He, yeah. It's. <laughs> Exactly. The, the, these, these deformed children are an asexual form of reproduction due to her rage towards her mother and father. And her husband's kind of like on, you know, she still loves her husband, but she's kind of pissed off at him too. So you like have like all these, like, I don't know, like deranged cabbage patch kids like in winter (laughs) clothes, you know, taking after you with meat tenderizers and it's it's unlike anything that I've ever seen. Uh, it has this movie has a slow burn to it, I think. But you know, the slow burns are, you know, the payoff is there for me. I wasn't I wasn't taken out by how slow it moved at at some points because I was so intrigued. I was just like. How are they going to explain this and and wrap this around and and make this believable because you know why why is this woman there? you know I mean she can't just be pissed off and then just you know how how are these how how are these you know deformed children co- coming about you know with and they eventually die? I mean, they don't have a very long lifespan, and there's like you know, you know, a dozen of these little fuckers running around, you know, with you know, beaks or whatever. However, that guy, that coroner described to him, uh, I it's I won't say that it's my uh, my favorite Cronenberg film, uh, but my mine personally is uh, Shivers or They Came From Within, but. Uh, I had never seen this up until now, and i i really i really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very very different kind of story that i had i had never seen before. But I I, I dug it. I mean, that's what
0: I like about what Kronberg did in those early films of how he creates his own world of something so outrageous and fantasy of like this woman, you know, this woman can basically. Create children out of anger, and there's no rationalization for this, even though that there's no way in hell it could actually happen, but you accept it. He does such a good job in having you accept these um, um, bizarre premises
2: i also I also enjoyed uh Oliver Reed's performance. As well, I I dug him as the doctor, and I and from what I understand, this guy used to burn the candle at both ends, dude. I mean, he could like act like his ass off, and then just you know, this guy from what I hear, he loved the sauce, man. I mean, he would just get ripped during the night, and then just come up to set the next morning, just ready to rock and roll. I mean, yeah, Oliver Reed, man. Uh, he di- I believe he passed away. Uh, During the making of (coughs) Gladiator. Because he was in Gladiator and then they had to rewrite uh, the movie around his death. He actually died during the making of that. Right. I love Gladiator.
1: Uh, (laughs) Uh, I take it from your reaction you're not big on the brood, Jason.
3: I actually thought that I had seen this. But I started watching it and I'm like, nope probably seen the trailer a million times. I've seen the on trailer online. a million times. And I think, like, the little girl gave me a little bit of, like, uh, Village of the Damned feelings. So maybe I got that confused a time or two. But, uh... No, I liked it. I liked the movie. It was fine. You know, I... You gotta be scared to hate babies. And, <laughs> um, I... I, you know, uh... There, I mean, I guess it's because he was good, but... um. The drunk guy he he made me mad through most of the movie until the end where he stepped up, which was cool and um I thought a lot of I thought all the kids kind of really looked like their kid, and that was mm-hmm. so I didn't know how much was tied into that or what, but uh no it's fucked up and a weird premise, but it was it was cool, I liked it. Why are you give me shit, Ted? You ain't said anything. You must hate it.
1: No, I don't hate it at all. Oh. I just... Uh,
3: <laughs> I, the way I said it, yeah.
1: Yeah, you seem <laughs> to sort of hint that, you know, you didn't have anything nice to say, so you said something nice about Gladiator instead. I'd rather watch Gladiator again. Really? You think oh, so? I love this? that movie. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my overall knowledge of Cronenberg is actually pretty limited to like his basic big ones i this is the first time watch for me even though i know this is one of his bigger ones but uh i really do enjoy this one mostly for what you guys are saying the creepy little kids like kids freak me out even (laughs) even, even when they're not like scary little mutants like this and they're you know just the way they moved and sort of i don't know man but I, I watched this one really late at night too and yep. i think that helps out with it i wasn't necessarily scared just sort of like i've it's one of the, i mean that's just sort of how it is watching cronenberg movies is that you're not sure if you're fo- if you're following exactly maybe if that's how i feel and this one's not even that complicated uh but it's just one of those things it's like is that... Okay, yeah. What I'm thinking is happening is happening. Just making sure this is... I have keep, you have to keep reminding yourself that you're watching a David Cronenberg movie. And not and, slipping into a
3: dream and dreaming up weird shit.
1: Right. Yeah. And he's not... I mean, he's not quite as, like... Uh, abstract as, no. you know... Like David Lynch or something. But, yeah. but he's more of the body horror. And yep. his his stuff is maybe more just visually creepy but i i do love this one I, I of course i just love movies of this time period the late 70s and the early 80s yeah i uh. love the clothes i love the style everybody looks you know like i just wish i could have been around in that time it's just <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> i'll There's just I'll, a certain I'll you if...
2: about it yeah
1: uh-huh. yeah like the even the kid like the creepy kids like they're just, the clothes they're wearing like like these little suits like i don't know how to explain it like with their hoods up and stuff like have, like, some of those images melted in my mind from this one. I want to picture you just, with Frank's hair. No, though. This yeah, see
3: this episode all poofy.
2: Yeah, I like and what then, you said with the, the, the movie. F- Go ahead. The, well, the, I was just going to say, this movie for 79 had some really decent jump scares, especially with those kids shrieking and jumping, you know, and, uh, yeah, I thought, I, 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 back I was just like, oh, oh God. Get away from me, you little shit! You know, just like I thought it was. I thought it was. It had me. It had me. You know, taken aback there for a minute. Uh, yeah, because they're always they're always screaming. You know, like the well, like you said, they're rage babies.
3: <laughs> I like what Ted said though. Like they they didn't they looked like kids, but they didn't move like kids. The yeah. way they would like get over top of you with the meat cleaver or whatever. Yeah, they just straddle you. They're like, oh, that's a that's a person. I mean, that's a grown-up, a little
1: person. Yeah, like they're uh, stronger than kids. They yeah. they have they have more malice and control. Like you don't mm. feel like you could just kick them away, like I, like I normally do with children. Right, right. <laughs> 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 oh man, but the scene that
3: the scene that I thought was the hardest was the I. I liked the kindergarten teacher, and she got beat down in front, in of, front the of the kids. Students. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was brutal. Yeah holy moly Mm -hmm. not cool my favorite
2: babies don't play
0: nope (laughs) my favorite scene because i think it was a really good scare scary moment very very tense at first is when um, frank shows up to the house um and the and the father his father-in-law is dead and you know and he he uh he's upstairs and then that that little fucker just jumps out at him and attacks him. Yeah. That is a, that was a poop in the pants moment right there. Or
2: when he leap when one of them leaps down at grandma with the the meat tenderizer from like the top of the fridge. Yep. Goes, oh yeah. Nah. Yeah. Yeah,
3: that first jump down was definitely a big scare. Holy hell.
0: I like you know, the the real first time um when anything's happening with these monster children, you know, when the right before the grandmother gets attacked and they're just trashing the kitchen. Like I, I like how the camera keeps moving but it just it's just keeping the children out of frame yep. as they're knocking stuff out, out well, of the cabinets what is and this? Mm-hmm. and throw, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even think we saw a face for a couple encounters, really. Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing too, even like by the by the third act when um it's full on you know fighting off monster children, you never really get a s- really good close up shots of their faces or anything it's just enough, I feel yep
2: yep yeah, and you don't need to you don't need anything more than that i think yeah. it'd be I think it'd be less effective if you did, yeah, I think it, the more you obscure it you're just like this is you know it makes it more foreign and just uh, there's uh it's it's creepier that way. It's what you don't see, you know, it's that old Hitchcock thing. It's what you don't see scares you more. Yeah. And and you talked
0: about it being a slow burn. It didn't really feel like a slow burn to me. Maybe I was just that invested in in what was going on in the film or the characters. Um, But uh, the thing that I realized when watching this movie is like, we're... kind of sort of starting in the middle this movie just starts it just starts it just starts yeah. yeah the wife is already in the uh it took in the retreat to be like what
3: the hell is going on
0: yeah yeah like the first the first thing that really happens is that you know he discovers that his daughter's been abused
1: you and know they're talking
3: to each other like they've known each other for a while and so we're just playing catch up i, I yeah. kind of like when movies do that though too
0: oh yeah uh, yeah i really like the
3: movie,
2: you Don't know, how the movie it. started. Just do your
3: thing, at. and mm-hmm. but yeah. do it well enough that I'll figure it out
0: as we yeah, go. I'll catch up. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does. The movie doesn't really insult your intelligence, you know. Yeah. It's uh, it let it lets you figure things out, but you know, by yourself, which isn't that which isn't that hard if it's done right. Yeah,
1: this is another one that uh I definitely I always do this and. I'll watch a movie super late at night down, down in the basement and Nikki, my wife will fall asleep on the couch and I try I like wake her up and tell her like, I'm going to watch a movie that you probably will not like <laughs> trying to sleep through. So please go upstairs. <laughs> and she's like, I it's fine. I'm just going to, I'm going to sleep. I'm like, I, okay, just so you know, I'm not turning it down for you. I'm going to watch it like you're not in this room because I give you, I've given you fair warning. <laughs> and then those fucking kids start screeching, and she's waking up, looking at me like, what in the fuck? And I'm like, I tried to tell you. <laughs> I tried to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she out of all these
2: upstairs.
1: Yeah, out of all the movies <laughs> on this, no, no. she just kept, she would roll back over, you know, and waiting for the next screeching child scene. Wake <laughs> back up. Like, you should have gone upstairs. They're not going to stop anytime soon. And she wakes up right when Samantha oh, Eggers bad. lifting
3: up her... <laughs> gown and she's like what the f- i'm out of here
1: <laughs> no she's pretty no she, you know what would actually happen if i didn't say if, if i just started watching it while she's sleeping she wake up look at the tv look over at me it's like podcast, podcast movie. Just, yep po- yeah <laughs> it, it, anytime I'm like hey you want to go downstairs watch a movie it's like is it a pen- podcast pen- movie yeah no no <laughs> <that's-> oh nicky <laughs> we have a reputation oh no uh, mike <laughs> yeah, we need all to get Nikki fault. on the show,
3: so we sh- she has to watch all three movies. <laughs> she, no, she she
1: could she could be like the guest that um gives her like half a sleep review. <laughs> it was very loud and obnoxious. It scared me several times. <laughs> Thanks, Nikki, and back to t- <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like just described every one of the podcasters. You know, uh, loud, obnoxious, scary. Yeah,
3: yeah. I tried to go back to sleep. I couldn't. <laughs>
0: That's such a, you know, that, that moment, that moment when she lifts up the Yeah, what were you expecting thing? to see? Well, I'd seen this movie before, and even before seeing this movie, I've seen that scene. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I know they showed a lot of clips of the brood in that um, compilation movie, uh, Terror in the Isles, but I can't remember if they actually showed... That money shot? That mon- Yeah, that scene. I hadn't seen it before. Or my memory didn't. I'm going to have to go back and watch uh, Tear in the Isles. Because that has always stuck with me. I knew that scene long before I ever actually saw the whole movie. <laughs> when she just like bites it open, pulls the, pulls the baby out, and then licks it clean.
2: That's Classic Cronenberg, gotta be, man. Right? Yeah, that's got to probably be the most disturbing part of the movie for me. Hell yeah! It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> you know, even though even though it's like you know what, like that corn syrup or whatever, that's probably you know it's probably delicious. That child yeah. was probably Del- very tasty. Delicious.
3: <laughs> but it also made me want to go get this growth on my leg checked out. Just you know, <laughs> it's probably a keeps uh, growing anger baby, your, hate baby.
1: That's your that's your penis. <laughs> oh,
3: that explains a few things. <laughs> I'm not gonna say what things.
2: <laughs> Moving on. Oh my gosh. The brood. Oh. I yeah, there we go. Cronenberg take notes right here. <laughs> the the Jason's penis baby. <laughs> oh god. They walk
3: around. I put a
1: snowsuit on it. It's Yeah, I think you guys have your neck short. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's do it. Christ. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I had mentioned this is probably one of my favorite Cronenberg films, yep. other
2: than The Fly. Uh, Andy, you said shivers. Uh, yeah, it's got two different titles. Uh, it's either uh, Shivers or They Came from Within. Although I have not sat down and watched uh, Rabid with Marilyn Chambers.
0: Oh, I really like Rabid a lot. Yeah. I mean, I like both both of those movies. I. I have a tendency to think. I was listening to a podcast earlier today, and they were talking about *The Fly* of all things, and they um, had talked. They were talking about how they feel like the fly. There's, you know, there's a lot of humor in the first act of the of *The Fly*, and they feel like it's the closest thing Cronenberg's ever done to a comedy. But I still question if, like, *Shivers* is is, is intentionally it's to be taken seriously, it's intentionally funny <laughs> or not? There's that. There's some of that stuff that happens in that that apartment when everybody's all sexed up and just attacking everybody yeah. that it, it's funny to me. it comes off comical,
2: yeah, I mean I'd have to I, it's been years since I've seen it, but I remember really liking it um and you know, of course you know everybody's gonna be wanna talk you know video is probably gonna be high on everybody's list well. Uh, um, I mean, History of Violence. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, History of Violence was a great movie. Uh, and, of course, you know, The Fly. Uh, dead Zone, Dead Ringers. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Scanners. Oh, God, of course. <laughs> I, it's, it's a funny story. I finally saw like the... Uh, you want to talk comical. I finally saw the... Trailer to scanners, and it's that scene where Michael Ironside goes up to like the front of the class, and uh, he's doing his scanning thing, and the other guys like shaking, and I'm just like, this. It looks like Michael Ironside is like taking the greatest shit he ever took, and the other guy's like trying not to smell it, and the other guy's head explodes. <laughs> I mean, it's just—I mean, picture that in your head, and it's just like, oh my god, what what am I watching? But see, we could uh,
0: do—we could do a, a fake trailer parody of that and call it Scatters, <laughs> <laughs> Splatters, yeah
2: green apple splatters
0: didn't you have a boner for that existence that was really good too i yeah. just saw that yeah. for the first time a couple years ago it's the jennifer jason lee and jude law right it's it it totally or well i guess thematically it's uh reminiscent to videodrome although it's it's not all about sex you know like videodrome is but um uh but i think some of the uh The some of the messages are are the same in those two movies. They they could almost be an official, you know, it could be almost an official sequel to Videodrome in a way. The one I've always wanted to see and I've never seen, I'm dying to see it is Crash. I hear Crash is pretty. Oh man,
1: it is totally fucked. I I rented that back when uh, Netflix when I had the Netflix send me the discs. And it. it was one of those, like, uh, recommended to me. And I had no idea what to expect. No idea. Other than it was Cronenberg. And uh watched that one and, like, talk about, like, a what-the-fuck moment yeah. for two, two straight hours of what-the-fuck, man. Like I say, that's, just, that's Cronenberg's number one what-the-fuck movie. On paper, reading what it's about you're gonna <laughs> i mean that that oh, alone yeah. it's and then th- that the fact that it got made into a feature-length movie <laughs> and it goes there like there's no way or there's no n- rational way to make a movie with that story and cut anything out you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. just totally what the fuck you yeah. know
2: yeah it's a far cry from the oscar-nominated crash (laughs)
1: right and i i really hope hope that people still like go to rent that one and get cronenbergs and just (laughs) ruins their year Uh, it's just like when i i was at a record store um in minneapolis and they had the adam green's frozen and there was a big sticker right on the front and it said not that one.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's and awesome! Yeah, I took a picture and sent it to Adam Green, and he like reposted it. It was awesome because it was they had like a little post note inside the plastic <laughs> case that so that people would not mistake the two somehow.
0: How would you not just pick up the box and be like, "Oh, that's not. Oh, I Disney? think this is the Disney movie." Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't even look. It doesn't even look like animation. What? I, that's funny. Yeah. It just goes to show. I don't know what okay. it shows. It just goes to show.
2: Goes to so. show. Yeah. Sweet. So yes. So, Mr. Cronenberg, you crazy old bastard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's if you watch interviews and stuff with him, you just—I don't know—he just seems like such a, you know, seems like a nice guy, and well, just a guy. It's just. Weird to think that uh these are the films that he's made.
2: But I he does have one of the greatest uh quotes that uh that I love uh retelling to people and he says Critics are the same way psychopaths are. They confuse illusion with reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and he just, he just, he wants to make these films, you know, just the way that they're meant to be, you know, like kind of in your face and just, you know, very shock value. And he's just like, it's, he's basically saying, it's like, chill out. It's just a movie. It's just like, I'm not doing this shit for real. Calm down. Exactly. Exactly. It's just,
0: yeah. He just does not. To to talk to him does not fit the persona of the type of films that he makes. It's not it's not like when you watch a David Lynch movie and then you see an interview with David Lynch and you're like, oh, I get it, you
4: know. <laughs>
0: so <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that is The Brood. Let's move all right along here,
1: um, Tad. What is our next film? Our next film is the 2014 movie, The Editor. What about that
2: editor? Didn't you tell me all the victims were missing the same fingers he was? Sure you have wooden fingers, but who doesn't at times?
5: He was an up-and-coming editor before I met him. Before he almost killed his assistant.
0: Ah, the editor's gonna kill me! That was his work, print.
5: Interesting how that name keeps coming up. Editor. You are married to Josephine Chardin, aren't you? The star of the Mirror guillotine? Here we go with the film talk, game. I really admire his film. I don't want to see you around here anymore. You understand me? You take death with you wherever you go. I saw him. I saw him. The black man. The black man. I was going to tell you it's the first good thing you've edited in an extremely long
1: time. now the editor is one that i really had never has never been on my radar never heard of it and i really enjoyed this one yeah i was nervous <laughs> i was honestly it's i was awesome. really nervous yeah yes. this is this is a canadian i think it has to be intentional comedy mystery horror uh obviously an homage and a parody to uh of giallo films yes it's a big love letter to giallo and Italian Italian
0: horror, big time. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and man, what a fun, weird little movie this is. Uh, basically, the the premise of this is about a an editor. Imagine that with the movie called The Editor, <laughs> named named Ray, who's works on these giallo movies, and he's working on a new one called Tarantula. Tarantula, is that right? yeah something like and that. yeah, and uh noticeably right away you you notice that this editor on his right hand he has wooden fingers like a prosthetic wooden hand, which uh so very weirdly normal in in a Italian movie like this, you know it's sort of uh everything about this movie sort of takes these little things from gi- giallos and ramps it up times ten. It sort of pokes fun at it. And uh, anyways, this editor has a prosthetic wooden hand. He's he's working on this new horror movie. So there's a movie within a movie that they're working on. And throughout this movie, while they're making in the process of making this movie, people keep getting murdered in mysterious and gruesome ways, just like they would in a giallo. And um, yeah, throughout the movie, it's just like you, you would in one of these. You're sort of trying to figure out... You're trying to figure out who did it. They're trying to figure out who did it. They have several different uh, leads to make you think, it's this person, then that person might end up dying. Could be this guy. You know, Several times they make you think that it's the editor, Ray himself. And even within the movie, there's a time where he is not convinced that he's not doing it because he's mm-hmm. having these weird hallucinations and dreams um, on top of all these murders, there's all kinds of uh, love triangles going on within within the studio. You know, And people are getting killed. The stars of this movie that they're trying to make are getting killed. And then they're recasting the roles. And those people are getting killed. It's sort of in that way I had a hard time following who was currently in the movie, who wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Who was supposed to be fucking and who wasn't. Um, just because there's a lot of characters in this movie. And you sort of—I mean, you obviously follow Ray. He's the lead and the director of the the movie within the movie. You follow him a lot, but there's—it's—it's it's a fun cast. It's—it's it's very tongue in cheek. It knows that it's uh, making fun of—not making fun of—it's poking fun at a at a genre that is batshit crazy to begin with. So, <laughs> yeah, they 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 take that and they ramp it up, and it's. It's absolutely a blast for me. Uh it's, it's like you said, it's a love letter uh to the Giallo genre and there's I mean there's a there's a lot of nods that are very obvious, like uh the the woman who has the seeing eye German Shepherd. You know, that's mm-hmm. from, from beyond. I mean there's oh, yeah. there's so there's so many little things that are clearly not just homages but clearly references to other classic italian films and uh yeah it's it's basically a whodunit we keep thinking that we know we don't know we do know then we don't know then we do know you know then that person dies there's some really brutal deaths in this one oh yeah there's some some just, yeah
2: I thought the gore in this was like you know I was going to be subpar because it was so you know it was so it had such slapstick humor in it, but I was just like they didn't short us on that uh, on the gore at all. I was like, oh shit, they're not messing yeah. around.
1: Yeah, and that's what I think I like about this is that everything is ramped to a hundred. That's like the comedy's hilarious, the gore is brutal, the deaths are hardcore. uh and they hit you right on the i mean they don't they don't even beat around the bush like i said with the references it's right on the nose it's it's fu- it, this is so weird like the the lighting is straight from you know argento mm-hmm. They used all the the gels and stuff to get all mm-hmm. those weird colors the screams the bright red blood oh man like if if you had never seen some of these uh, giallo movies you would probably be like what the fuck is this <laughs> but if you have seen them, you probably love this. I, I think so. I yeah. mean, what do you guys think? Did you guys all love this?
2: Uh, I absolutely loved it. And I noticed the references right away. Like the Three Mothers book. They're talking about uh, Suspiria, Inferno, and the Mother of Tears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there were so damn many one-liners in here. Uh, I could... Take the rest of the, ep- the the rest of the episodes doing the one liners in here. Uh, but like I hear these old studios have ghosts, and I'll be damned if I let myself see one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> honey, I'm in our home. Uh, we'll catch the killer that killed her. Um I was at home washing my hair and shaving my pussy, and then he <laughs> lifts her skirt up and he says, The story checks out yeah (laughs) Uh, and uh, tristan risk uh who was like killed like two or three times in this movie Uh she still shows up and is still just walking around naked like all the time It's, it's it's crazy i mean she doesn't have an eyeball in her vagina in's mouth but um still still but you don't even care it's just like people are like there's like men walking around naked like in like in scenes and there's just it's just like you know and it just becomes it's not even shock value anymore it actually becomes comical and i think that's what they were going for it's just like it doesn't even mean anything uh what is uh you almost sounded like a real human uh the guy meet him in the shower you almost sounded like a real american human being today <laughs> uh, my woman's not usually <clears> such a bitch. Uh, oh, what God, what else? I mean, it it just after this, you know, the like, the guy's like looking at the dog while he's having sex with his wife. Right? Oh, that it's just was like so totally <laughs> right? Um The uh the pol- we well, I saw the pulsating videotape and I was just like, Okay, wow, they're uh referencing Cronenberg here. Um of course, you know, another great Canadian director. Uh there was there's some other stuff like the uh, spooling the intestines on the onto the projector.
1: Uh the I did really the like picks. the
2: Oh yeah, the, the, the I really did like the, the film's music as well. It had a it had oh, a pretty yeah, great good score Great synth soundtrack. Um, uh, oh god, I just, I just, I could have wrote down like the whole damn dialogue. It's just, it's so damn funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a great editor. Sure, you got no, sure you sure you got wooden fingers, but who doesn't at times? <laughs> uh, uh, like some of the newspaper, like the newspaper, local dad raped and burned alive. Uh, oh, Christ. Uh, he drives, he he goes. He gets into that car chase, and he sees the guy drive off the cliff, and he says, oh, no, you don't. And he just drives the car off the cliff. After him. <laughs> 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 it's, it's so damn stupid, but it's just like you can't. Uh, uh, Bella, she tells that real endearing story about her father, and then just Ray stops and says, he just goes, your father was a very strange man, Bella. You know, uh, just uh, you're like you're like Van Gogh and is with his wooden ear. Uh, he's right. What am I supposed? I'll shut up after this one. He's right. What am I supposed to do? Slap myself?
3: <laughs> he really did write them all down. I think. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. I, I couldn't help it. Uh, oh, and probably my favorite scene. Um, uh, he says. Five thousand dollars says this a ma- This is a mask, and he literally yes. tears her goddamn face off. And he says, "Shit!" And he just goes, uh, "Let me just put this back on." Uh, you're <laughs> okay. okay. I do. <laughs> and <laughs> and he, he does, play- and it's back on perfectly. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh yeah, I I highly recommend this uh, to um, to anybody. Uh, I will I will say this like the the mock movie. that that begins uh, the film, it kind of reminds me of uh, Miss 45, actually, because Tristan Riss, she's attacked on the street, and then she gets attacked in uh, her apartment, which is the exact thing that happens in Miss 45. Anyway, next person. Go. Well, this movie
3: was made by the folks at Astron 6.
0: Astron 6, yeah, who made Father's Day... Which and I Man fucking Borg. hated. Yeah, I know you yeah, didn't care for too. Father's Day. I hated Father's Day passionately. Did you ever see Man Borg?
1: No. Her first film? Me neither. So Jason, what did you think of this one?
3: I fucking loved it. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. God damn, it was so good. It was so fun. Well, it, it was, yeah, for all the reasons, uh, Father's Day, they, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. It's, it sucked. I, and and that's me, Mister. You know, I, um, I I cry awesome all the time, you know. But the boy who cried awesome, but um, just didn't like Father's Day. But this was so great, cause it it knew what it was doing, and it was a chance for them to to be funny while getting in all the gags, and it was a perfect. Mockumentary of Jallo films and Italian films, and I just I loved every bit of it. Yep.
0: My turn. Yeah, me too. I do love did. this movie. How, how would I not love this movie? I love Jallo films. I am a huge fan of Italian cinema, um, and I love the art of satire and parody. This is like if Mel Brooks wanted to do a Jalo movie. This is what it would be. Although I say that with trying to see if I can explain myself and the the difference, where I feel like this goes more into the satire than straight parody. And you know, some of the some of the humor is over the top, like ripping the face off and stuff. <laughs> but I think like uh, um, the difference, like a Mel Brooks movie, is a lot of times you have Mel Brooks type characters put into different settings so you've got you know people who speak um modern lingo or or you know Jewish stereotypes in Nottingham like princess or uh, uh Mennonites, men in tights or you know taking you know taking like modern type people and throwing them into a star wars scenario and and so a, lo- a lot of times not only does he have these like sight gags and parody you know uh things going on in the film but also a lot of the humor from the characters is like the characterizations are or the type of characters that don't belong in that particular genre of film is that, am i making sense Yep. Okay. Yeah. Where these characters are straight up characters you would expect to see in an Italian Jallo film, um, you know, and their dialogue may be ridiculous and over the top, so it's an exaggerated version of those type of characters, and it's not like the fish out of water type character that you would see in a lot of other parody type films. So where the humor maybe may come off a little bit more um i don't know stoic at times um a little bit more just just not as in your face slapsticky as like a mill brooks movie mind you but uh um i don't want to say subtle because there's a lot of moments it's not subtle at all in this movie but i don't know again also if you're not paying attention you're gonna miss you're gonna miss probably about 100 jokes um the
3: references are
0: you oh, yeah, don't even get me started on the references. You know, you mentioned the Beyond earlier. That final shot of the movie was like they just wanted to end the movie like the Beyond because it, it was that totally same thing. You know, he, he realizes he's in the movie and then it cuts to the, to the, right. to the projector and his eyes go white. His eyes go white yep. at that moment when he's in total shock, just like they do in the Beyond. The so, girlfriend with the wide eyes, all the
3: tarantulas.
0: Yeah, you know. the tarantulas, yeah. Well, I love that when that first uh, the girl that sees that finds the dead body and her eyes go away, she's like, She was so scared she went blind, you know? Uh huh. It's so funny, but it's obviously those Italian eggshelled um contact lenses that they they would all used to wear in those Fulci movies or what have you, and you know, you've got you know, even the, the female killer there has got that real shallow look with the hat and the gloves. You always got to have the black gloves if you're doing a shallow oh, movie. Yeah. So, yes, love this movie so much. Um, it's right up my alley. It's everything I would want. It, it, part of me kind of is pissed at the movie because it's a movie that I would make. You know, if I was to make a true love letter to my love for giallo films and italian films this is exactly what i would make so and i
3: don't normally like this but i like that the three main guys act in the movie they're kind of the three main guys in the movie i mean the editor himself is the main guy and yeah. yeah so i i don't know i think that's kind of cool it gives it that low budget heart that i love and they just I did it right that.
2: I also really liked that there was a you know there there wasn't a lot, but there was one truly legitimate uh creepy moment in this movie when the editor is asleep and he's looking around the room and he sees this uh, this really you know light blue eyeball open in the shadows and he ca- and they get a close up of it, you know, and they just he starts creeping out, you know, you guys remember uh-huh. that scene?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just like, "Oh shit!" You know, I was, I was, I was legitimately like, "Oh damn, what's going on?" And I was, I was, I was kind of surprised that they had uh, a fairly legitimate scare. You know, up until that point, because it had, it had been so zany and off the wall, and I was just like, "Oh shit!" And I don't know. We keep talking about how zany and off the wall it is,
0: and it is, it is. But again, if you are a fan of these type of movies. They're not that much more over the top of what because the thing that always that always gets me about Italian horror is um, character motivations a lot of times don't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> like, you don't know, it. like, the people who wrote the script have no concept of what an actual human being would do in a situation like that. And this movie does that over and over and over and over again. It's just full of that. And it's, but so, it, 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 watching this movie, it seems, like, way outrageous and over the top, but it's not that far removed. It's 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 definitely just a bit more skewed of what you would expect to see in an actual giallo or Italian um,
2: genre of film, so... And it's good to see Yudo cure, cure. Yeah. Uh, oh, just yeah. in anything. I always I always like I always liked him. Yeah, me too. Uh, long for long what reason
3: it? Yep.
0: Oh. Now who put the Blu-ray out? Was that Scream Factory or was that um, Arrow? They they got a, yeah, Scream Factory did that. How I them. do not own the Blu ray of this yet is beyond
1: yeah. me. But Well this yeah. is this a first time watch for everyone? It no, is actually
0: a second time. Yeah, not for me. Fun. I've seen this once before. Yes, for me. Yeah,
1: me too. And I loved it.
0: Yeah, highly yeah. recommend. Cool, this was the one I was probably the most nervous about. <coughs>
1: <coughs> oh, yeah, me. if you'd have said
3: it was Astron 6 right away, I'd have been like, oh, dad. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I was actually really stoked to put this on here because I've been wanting to revisit it. So, yeah, I had a good time. I was just like, yes.
0: okay so moving on to our next film um jason what's our next movie
3: well the next uh movie we're going to talk about is from 1980 it's called the changeling
5: within this old house live two residents one of them is john russell composer professor the other has been dead for over 70 years. Claire, I'd like to talk to you about the house.
4: Did you die in this house? How did you die?
5: Whatever it is, is trying desperately to communicate. What is it in that house, Claire? What is it doing? Why is it trying to reach me? It's a hand. You've got something of the Senator's. He wants it back. Many films will frighten you, but only a few can really terrify you. The Changeling, an experience beyond total fear.
3: Composer John Russell, played by George C. Scott. You all know him from Dr. Strangelove and Patton. He's also in Firestarter and Exorcist 3. We just talked about that. Um, He's vacationing with his family when a car accident, which is awful, kills his wife and daughter. Distraught with grief, Russell leaves his home in New York City for a giant secluded house near Seattle. And soon Russell starts to feel the presence of a ghost, a boy who drowned in the bathtub there. Russell... Seeks the assistance of Claire Norman, played by Trish Van Devere, who was in the hearse, but she was also his wife, and they did a lot of movies together. It's a long Mm. list, none I've ever heard of, but that's a. (laughs) um, And um, she's the one who led him to the house initially, and in uncovering the secrets of the boy's death. Um, the screenplay was based upon events uh, that writer Russell Hunter claimed he experienced while he was living in the Henry Treat Rogers Mansion in the Cheeseman Park neighborhood of Denver, Colorado in the late 1960s. And that Hunter dude served as a co-writer of the film, too. So, yeah, yeah it's on Shudder, everybody's favorite place to hang out. Shutter, The Changeling.
0: Was a little disappointed. Not once did they play the door song. Oh, is this, but. Uh. <laughs> so, what did you think of Changeling?
3: Oh, I loved it. It's my second time seeing it, and mine too. I love I love me some George C. Scott. I enjoy him very much, and he was pretty fun in this. Um, you know. Just another slow burny wonder, you know, ghosty movie. But I don't know, it's done really cool and really well, and I enjoyed the the score was like crazy awesome and orchestral. Yep, I thought I remembered who did it. Gosh, dang it! It's a pretty popular dude, but uh, um, yeah, I liked it.
2: I I do have one bitch, and I I'm doing this because I'm nitpicky. Uh, I have the DVD, and I was able to pause it, and at twenty three minutes and thirteen seconds, you if you look in the mirror, you will spot a boom mic. <laughs> hey, I just I got I got to eat life for this kind of shit. Um. I I really liked the story uh, because and just how how everything sinks up. Whenever he heard, hears that uh, that loud banging, we finally figure out what that is, and it's the it's the kid slamming the side of the tub
3: yeah.
2: with with his with his hand and everything everything about this movie, whether it be in a literal sense and uh, a figurative sense, character wise. Is about being haunted because i mean he's literally being haunted in the house he's house he's at that that that's a given but he's also in 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 every sort of way he's being haunted he's haunted by the memory of the death of his you know wife and child you know and maybe in some weird roundabout way you know helping this kid get you know this ghost get closure is like a catharsis for him to be there for be there for another child when he wasn't being able there to be for his wife and kid. Of course, there was nothing he could really do anyway. But from a character standpoint, I really like that part about this movie. Um, just but and the scares were really good. I thought you know just seeing you know the body uh, you know the kid's face in the water. You know whether it be in the tub or in in the you know that the well scaring the shit out of that out of that kid uh the the real the real recordings and uh just uh him unbeknownst to him that he was actually playing that melody from the jukebox uh uh, like the the music box Mm -hmm. sorry and he, unbeknownst to him, he was actually playing that melody on the piano, and just like a lot of really great eerie stuff. I mean, just really, it's just a, uh, it's it's a, it's a well written uh, ghost story, and I liked it. Uh, I can't believe how high that goddamn staircase is. It must be Keating, that <laughs> place. It must be a motherfucker. Uh, but yeah, that that's that's all I got. I mean, it's it's got uh, some. Uh, your it's really got your traditional you know things that go bump in the night kind of kind of uh, scares, but it's uh towards the middle of the movie it becomes a murder mystery kind of who done it sort of thing, you know it become which kind of made me uh, get invested more, you know it became the movie became something more than a ghost story towards towards the, I really kind of liked there was it gave it it my thought yeah that's that's pretty much all I got I mean I I really liked it I mean this is the second time I watched it and I still enjoyed it so
1: pretty cool scene where a uh, empty wheelchair chases somebody that's awesome right (laughs) yeah
3: once it gets to the end and that shit starts going crazy it's fucking scary
2: oh yeah yeah yeah. The the bouncing ball of his daughter, you know, and then he eventually tosses it off a bridge and then right when he gets home, clank, 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 <laughs> he bounced down. I'm like, holy shit, dude, that I'd I'd have been gone after that. <laughs> I'd be mean, like, f- fuck you kid You know, I would have never gotten rid of my da- got rid of my daughter's ball, you know. I mean, this like if that's the only thing, you know. You know that's that's something that's physical and real that my daughter held. You know, it's, there's no way I'd throw it off a bridge, but still, that scene creeped me the fuck out.
0: mm Hmm. Well, it's kind of it's a it's kind of like the iconic moment of this movie. It's a mo- it always.
3: Yeah, it's on the poster. Yeah. yeah. I also really liked this movie that it was
0: old people. <laughs> yeah, it's not young it's not yeah. young, pretty pretty people. Not just, yeah.
3: yes, yeah. And 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 making collapse didn't make me feel this way. But when we make collapse it's like, ah, we're casting old folks as the leads and some people questioned it, but anyway, I like it. Yeah. But so this is cool just seeing some old folks seeing that old the old dude, the bad dude. Yeah. Acting his ass off there at the end and George C. Scott being great and and this huge giant old house, just the oldness of the whole thing felt kinda cool.
1: Yeah, sort of in that time I lumped this in there with, you know, the Omen and Gregory Peck and uh yep. the Exorcist yep. and those movies where yep. they were no nonsense, uh great performances by like you said older actors more some of them more seasoned uh it's just straightforward cool storytelling and when I'm in the mood for that it it hits just right and you know i i am not lumping it into those as as in like they're similar as far as I don't know they're they're not very similar other than the time period they're made in but uh maybe they're i am linking them together cuz they're just damn good supernatural stories you know yeah yeah <clears throat> agreed
0: yeah this is a classic uh definitely by far it earns its status as a classic it's a little slow burny for me um my tastes but uh um but it does deliver deliver the goods it's definitely more of an s as- uh atmospheric film i feel uh which are always can can be really effective when done right, and this one does it does it well. So, and you know it it's not one that like I think a lot of normies would know by name, but it definitely has, again, um, some iconic iconic I think iconic imagery in it that transcends the movie itself, like with the daughter's ball uh, and whatnot. So. And the wheelchair. I feel like the wheelchair. Yeah, thing is, uh, wheelchairs on the cover of the DVD I I've got here. And I mean, scary movie too. Um, parodied a lot of elements from this movie.
2: Mmm. Yeah.
0: So, and I'm all for
3: movies where the leads a composer. That's <clears throat> cool. That doesn't have yeah. much.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You never. Yeah. That's that's a very unique character that they've got. Uh, and it turns out this, this movie when like uh, back in nineteen eighty won a shitload of awards too. I mean it was very critically acclaimed. Cause like uh the Canadian Oscars, I mean it's swept up from what I hear. Do you, how do you dress for the Canadian Oscars?
0: <laughs> uh, well
1: damn, baby. that's right. Yeah.
0: Canadian
2: tuxedos. <laughs>
1: yep. Oh <my> god. <sighs>
2: Jack, uh, denim
1: we're socks. All, yeah, we're all wearing all denim for this episode. You just can't see us.
0: That's right. It's- all right, cool. What, any, anything anybody else wants to add about the changeling? I feel like we just kind of I, straight to the point with I, this one. And-
2: I, yeah, um, there's one question. Uh, what was with the the coned sheet metal during the seance? I never, I didn't quite understand that. What what was that supposed to do? I, I, I didn't, I I didn't understand a damn thing about that. I just saw a piece of coned sheet metal on the table rattling around and and it tipped over. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Never been to a seance before, so I. Well, you haven't lived. Could,
3: <laughs>
2: uh, well, if I'm if, if somebody's probably going to seance me, I'll probably be dead. So all right,
3: we haven't really talked about the Canadian part of it all. Okay, so these movies are made in Canada. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I, I thought I said that at the top of the show is that uh, films made in the in the Great White North in Canada. Oh, it kind of reminds me, going back to, you know, and there's always those moments in any film that's made in Canada where you where you can kind of pick it out, mm-hmm. that was made in Canada. And for me in The Brood, to jump back on The Brood, was The Teacher, because she had that Canadian accent where about a was a boot. A boot. And, it, it, and it only popped out on certain words, you know, so. I was like, oh yeah, this is made in Canada.
1: Yeah, you know, you, that's not the first thing that comes to mind when you're watching a sort of satire on an mm-hmm. Italian horror movie is that, oh, this is clearly Canadian. Exactly, yeah.
0: Good point there, yeah.
1: But good on them for being, you know, for a Canadian film crew making a fake Italian horror movie seem so authentically good. Yeah, like 20, 30 years after
0: those type of movies were made, too. yeah. Well,
2: Another thing about the editor, I thought, like, a lot of the way that they um, delivered their lines, they made it sound, the way they talked, they made it sound like their lines were dubbed.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, definitely. You know, and yeah, I, the- I and
2: I'm just like, I love that. I love that whole part. It's like, you know, it's, it's just, I don't know, I, I can't describe it like, you know. The, the way that they did it but just the way that they sound was just like they're delivering their lines like they're dubbed but they're actually saying them and I'm just like I think that's just freaking brilliant yeah, oh,
3: some, I, some, I
0: was pretty sure most of that stuff was dubbed yeah
3: some of the actors were dubbed having said the actual lines probably some yeah. of the oh. actors were clearly oh, saying over there. like
0: doobie 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 do and then they just do stuff over it because whether or not in those in Italian films, whether or not they're actually they're speaking Italian or they're speaking American, it doesn't matter. They uh, part of their filmmaking process back in the day was that they n- they never recorded live sound. It didn't matter. Um, all mm-hmm. sound was done in post. Um, I've I've read stories about how like on um, oh I think it was an Argento film. I can't remember which one, but there was this constantly like airplanes and dogs barking and whatnot and it was an american actor that was like really taken out of the moment when those things would happen but the italian crew just didn't care because they knew they weren't they weren't rolling sound they weren't rolling sound at all and it's all done in post but um at least back in the day it was all done in post so that makes me want to ask astron six um, is First of all, what were you thinking on Father's Day? And second, um, did, did they actually film some of those scenes to try to stay authentic, film those some of those original scenes without sound?
3: Oh, it it looked like some people clearly weren't saying the words at all.
0: Oh, well, yeah. There was yeah. those moments, too, absolutely. Because, again, also it, Italian films. There was a lot of Italian films that were, um, if you had English-speaking actors they spoke English. If you had Italian-speaking actors, they spoke Italian, um, which I think is probably another reason why they uh, just redubbed everything in post, because they just, they didn't care. It was kind of hectic for for some of the actors that didn't understand their fellow actor, what they were speaking, and, you know, and, and certain and certain actors had to, you know, basically were just saying lines phonetically, but... Uh, But yeah, you would have a lot of movies where. So if you go back and watch Italian films, there's a lot of that where it looks like the mouths are moving perfectly to the English dub, and other times, even within the same scene, that other actors are like way off. So. So yeah. Um, We obviously love the. What? What?
2: I said Maple Leaf Horror. <laughs> yeah,
0: we obviously really love the editor when we just like fuck Changeling. Let's go back to talk about the editor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but Changeling is good. But that says a lot about the editor too, because we all liked the Changeling, and we somehow went back. You know, so that that says a lot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we 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 i we obviously like all of these films. They're obviously all very good. So. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: and in All gener- good choices. Yeah, and in general, I I, don't, I think I just love horror made in Canada. I can't think of any Canadian horror films that I don't like. Uh, anybody have any honorable mentions? Because I've got a couple. I didn't even write down. I just know shit off the top of my head. I love some of these movies so much. Because for me, um, you got some of those early oh. Bob Clark movies, like Death Dream and... Um, uh black christmas children shouldn't play with dead things i think i, I you c- correct bob me if i it's a bob clark movie but i think that one was made in florida i might be oh, wrong well, i might be wrong but i'm pretty sure that one's in florida i know but i know death dream and definitely black christmas is yeah. obviously made in canada um well my bloody my valentine. bloody
3: valentine was my first, my bloody
0: valentine uh, yeah. uh anybody ever see cannibal girls it was like Ivan Reitman's first movie. Nope. nope. Check it out. It's. I don't really care for it. I don't think it's very good, but it, it's definitely an interesting um, piece of Canadian history. As far as like, it's a, it's a horror movie directed by Ivan Reitman, with with a comedy cast in it. It's got um, uh, it's got a, it's got a, at least two or three um uh SCTV alumni in it uh, like Adrian Martin and um oh John, John Candy you know no not John Candy although Dave Thomas what Dave Thomas no oh, Eugene help. Levy Eugene Levy thank you yes Eugene Levy in the coolest and his mighty eyebrows yeah but even cooler is his afro in Cannibal Girls if anything <laughs> just look up pictures of of him if Eugene Levy and Cannibal Girls. <clears throat> um Yeah. Canada. A. Eh? Pontypool is another good one.
2: Oh, that's uh with um uh Oh god, he played Night Owl, the original Night Owl in uh Watchmen. What's uh uh he was in he was in Cronenberg's uh History of Violence. The guy uh Oh, I just love listening heck. to you suffer. <laughs> well, I guess it doesn't matter. it's, it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> now that I can't get it, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Anybody the else? Witch,
1: the that? witch was made in Canada.
2: Oh, was it? Ooh. I did not yeah. know that one.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I. It's not something that you watch and you go, "Well, that's a Canadian one." But uh, uh, Terror Train, right? That's Canadian, I believe.
0: Yeah, I believe so. Believe Terror Train is
1: one that I mentioned on the year-end podcast was Pie Wacket. That's the Canadian horror that I enjoyed. Not not on the top of my list, but it's good. It was good.
2: Yeah, I I would have have to say one of my one of my favorites is of course Black Christmas, but um, and one of these one of the people mentioned this in the comments. Um, my one of my favorites is Cube. Yeah, Cube is great, um, and I I gotta say this right now. Uh, if it wasn't for Cube, I, 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 I think I know in my heart that Lee Wannell had seen that movie before he saw Saw. It makes and sense. I can see all the connection. Those, all those traps in the in those rooms, and it's like the claustrophobia, dude. I mean that, and it's it's a very intimate setting, you know. I mean, I think that they had like two rooms that they went in and out of they just put different color schemes into these two rooms yeah. and it just you know they made it look like uh they made it look like that um but yeah i when, i remember when i first saw it i was just like this is like i and i wasn't really expecting much and i cuz i saw it in college and i was just like wow this is damn good mm-hmm. i i i really 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 enjoyed cube
0: i do too i love mm-hmm. that movie now Have you seen the sequels? I've seen the second one, but not the
2: third one, and I I do not like the second one. I'm not a fan of the second one either. I've not. I've. I. But you know, I bought it just because, like Jason said, I'm a. I'm a completist.
4: (laughs) Um,
2: But it was cheap. But it was cheap. And um. Uh, what's what's the third one like? Cube Zero. Yeah, because isn't
0: it like a pre? The third one kind of like a prequel or something.
2: See, I, I don't know. I, I, don't I got to check it
0: out, so... But what, the thing that kills me about the second one, it does the exact thing that I don't want it... that I personally don't want it to do. Like, one of the things I think makes the original Cube, the concept of the whole Cube in general, is scary is that, you know, there's, a, there's some dialogue in there, you know, how the one guy was one of the architects on the project and mm-hmm. how, like... Like the corporation the way things in the corporation i don't know if i can explain this right and how like basically things just run itself so there's like no human person you can like uh, connect with to to have them stop doing this experiment on people like it is it it's existing on its own um with like no supervision and then the part two that's exactly what it is it's from the perspective of the people running the show and so that kind of pissed me off about the second one so
2: <clears throat> it it has uh to me it has a, a very uh walking dead kind of premise i mean the cubits uh, in the end the cube itself <clears throat> excuse me it doesn't become the greatest threat Humanity against itself becomes mm. the greatest threat. Yeah, and I think that's what—that's the message of the whole film. Yeah, for sure. Okay,
0: so let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to uh, do segments here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. We'll be right back. You're
1: listening to the Prescribed Films
0: we're back. It's segments time and it's time for everyone's favorite segment, the shout outs.
3: It's time for shout outs. Shout outs. Shout outs.
5: Shout outs.
3: Shout outs. All right, just asked what your favorite Canadian centric horror film was and we got some cool responses on our Facebook page. We got Chris Anderson says, Ginger Snaps.
2: Yes. Catherine Isabel. I love that movie. Oh, yeah. And the original um, Beverly Marsh from It. I can't remember the actress's name, but...
3: <laughs> yep. And we got uh, Derek Batello. He says, Black Christmas, hands down. Try it. Mm-hmm. Nick Ludum says,
0: maybe Videodrome, does the gate count? Yeah, the gate was made in Canada. Yeah. Mm -mm. So no, it doesn't count.
3: Oh. (laughs) Old Johnny Zuko says, my bloody Valentine. Heck yeah. And Celine McLeod says, Pontypool. Nice. If you consider Dead Ringers a horror film, Toronto is on full display. I'll also add parts of 2017's It. Anyone who who's been to the Elora Gorge will understand.
0: Okay. Oh well I don't. But I (laughs) do say Dead Ringers is a horror film, so there you go.
3: Good. Well she went on to talk about it. What? She's talking about it.
0: Well she asked also if dead well she didn't ask. Like, she needed my permission to call Dead Ringers <laughs> a horror film, but she's like, if you consider, and I do consider, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't realize it, part of it was made in Canada. That's cool. Totally cool.
3: Yeah. And lastly, on the Facebook page, we got our pal Mike Franklin, says, shivers slash rabid. Yeah. Just yeah, 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 yeah. Two sides of the same coin, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that. for the longest time um i kept getting the two title the two titles of the films confused yeah like which one's rabid which one's shivers i don't remember <laughs> and i'm not gonna call you out but do you do you know now yeah i think um because it had been so long since i've seen shivers or they came with from within that uh what was it a couple of years ago we did it for the show or something like that yeah and it really stuck with me finally um yeah. You know, so now I can remember which one's which. You know, and Rabbit is always going to be the one with, um, oh, I can't think of names tonight.
2: Marilyn Chambers. Marilyn Chambers. Yeah. Little Miss Ivory Snow <laughs> behind the green door. <laughs> yeah.
3: All right, and then on our Facebook page, group page, forgot that word, <laughs> on our group page, we got Tim letterer says, two things, one, cube is my favorite yes. Canadian horror film because it turns some tropes and characters inside out metaphorically and one guy damn near literally. It also has a brutally simple premise that they do a lot with, and it starts with essentially a silent film that explains the whole premise in about three minutes. Smart movie. Yeah. Number two, a part of our scaretage. A Part of Our Scaritage is a wonderful podcast where two Canadians talk about horror films made up in the Great White North and what makes them specifically Canadian. They aren't on your network yet, um, <laughs> but they're very much worth talking up. Have you heard of A Part of Our Scaritage? I have not. Nope, we'll follow that sh- stuff tonight. And then we got Brian McNeil says. Yogurt, hosers, and tusk. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Bratzies. You and your Bratsies. Oh Brian. Speaking of Brian's, hey, it's Brian Clark.
0: Hey Brian Clark, I love you.
3: He says <laughs> He says ginger snaps. Woo! It's a brain. Yay. Yeah. And anything else featuring cast members from the red green show? And then Brian McNeil says, I love that show. And Brian Clark says, as do all people possessed with impeccable taste and fine entertainment. <laughs> Brian McNeil says, and me. And then Brian Clark says, the guys would argue that about me as well.
0: I like the red-green show. I, I like the
3: I love it. And then Brian Clark says, now that I think about it, they missed a trick not making a red-green spinoff horror movie about a
0: possum." <laughs> 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 He's right. Hey, real quick. Oh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Survival of the Dead and um, Diary of the Dead. Oh, uh-huh. two George Romero. Oh, and Bruiser. Three George uh-huh. Romero films shot in Canada.
2: Those were all shot. Ah, I didn't know that. Yep. Cool.
0: And that's all
3: we got on Facebook and our Facebook group page. We didn't have anything on Twitter, but over on Instagram, we got our buddy Don and Nelly. He says, I would go for the Ginger Snaps Trilogy, as at least I know those are actually set in Canada. Otherwise, maybe Dead Shack, but I can't think of too many Mm. where we're told it's Canada. Dead Shack, you saw that yeah he's trying to think I see no his, i no i remember
0: turning. no uh, trust me i remember it um i think i wanted to like it more than i did oh uh, yeah i think my initial review of it was rather positive and then by the time you know i got to thinking about it more for the year ender and i'm like ah, oh, this is like way on the bottom of the list now of movies i saw for 2018 so it's okay it's it's okay it's funny It's got some funny stuff. I just, I don't know. I think they uh, were a little off on some of the comedy. On the Ginger Snaps? Timing. Got it. And,
3: yeah. Well, hey, that's all we got for shout-outs tonight. You can always call in leave us a message, a voicemail, and we'll play that shit on the air. You can call us at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. And that's shout-outs. But now it's time for everybody's third favorite segment of Attack of the Killer podcast. (laughs) Third? It's Science (laughs) Picks! I guess I stole that. It's better than calling it number two. That's right. That's probably more appropriate. Anyways, it's Science (laughs) Picks!
0: I might have to agree with uh, if that number two being appropriate with this uh, oh. this episode's pick. I thought about doing something a Canadian film, but yeah, I would. Uh, but I' trying to think back if I actually have done um, Death Dream on uh, for Insane's picks before because, God, that movie's awesome. We need to do a Bob Clark episode anyway. So instead, I'm going to travel to the land of New York, land of the lakes. Uh, for nineteen seventy nines they eat scum now you're probably saying it's not really a horror film but uh you know i it it's still it's got cannibalism it 's got post apocalyptic mutants in it it 's got a giant cockroach and poodle rape so how does it not <laughs> fit into horror <laughs> Uh, they eat scum, written and directed by Nick Zedd as part of his cinema of transgression scene. He started in New York in the um, mid '80s, which was a evolution, um, revolution, or an evolution from the no wave underground film scene from the late '70s uh, through the '80s. Um, the film stars Donna Death as Susie Putrid, who is a punk rock terrorist. Uh, terrorist out to destroy life on Earth. First, she kills her cross-dressing brother, um, who was giving their pet poodle a blowjob right before dinner that night. Um, killed him with a deadly fly that lays eggs in your skin. Uh, then, at one point, you know she she uh, runs away from home and um, and is in a punk rock band and basically starts gaining all these followers uh and then she's killed susie is killed uh right when her revolution was really starting to take control so her followers end up finding that she has a secret twin sister with amnesia that they break out of in a mental hospital and convince her that she is uh and she takes over for susie putrid's revolution uh, the punk rock band plays another show. They kidnap a woman and strip her naked and then eat her alive. Um, well, first they feed her a rat, a live rat the size of a Buick. They feed her that. And then they um, strip her naked and then um, eat her alive. Um, I don't know what the rat has to do with anything unless it's kind of like a, you know, like a, you know, one of those like you put a chicken inside a turkey kind of thing for Thanksgiving. Anyway, uh, and then eventually her revolution causes a fallout at a nuclear power plant that kills everyone within, se- within a several mile radius, which allows her to take over New York, and she is now queen over the toxic land um, and of the few surviving humans and now mutants that uh, roam the land. Um, until 20 years later, when the mutants, led by a giant cockroach, rev- revolt and destroy the Queen. This movie's awesome. It uh, it's shot on Super 8mm. Uh, oh, wow. It's got shitty sound. It's horribly edited. There's several edits where you can actually hear the director, Nick, say cut at the end of a, at the end of a take. Um, the acting is bad, it's way over the top. Um, I can't say it's bad, because it's over the top on purpose, so, fuck that. Um, it's a quick 73 minutes, it's not very long at all, um, it's shitty filmmaking at its best, it's sick and deprived, and was featured at the Museum of Modern Art. It's never been actually released on any format that I know of, probably because of its illegal use of copyrighted music in the film. The final scene where the fight breaks out between the mutants and um, the Queen's minions, um, that whole fight scene takes place to the tune of YMCA by the Village People. So I'm pretty sure they didn't have clearance for that. But I gotta tell you, I loved it. I've always wanted to see this movie. I, um, I've always been fascinated, well, I've always had a love for gritty New York films, and I've always had a fascination for the supreme underground movement, the no-wave movement of punk, New York punk music and, um, and avant-garde filmmaking that took place in the 70s and early 80s, and, uh, thanks to my obsession with Film Threat Video Guide Magazine back in the day, I... I got really invested in um, Nick, <coughs> Nick Zedd's um, Cinema of Transgression movement that he started in the late 80s through through the mid-90s, which basically was a lot of the same things that was going on before, but done on a way more punch-you-in-the-face-with-my-movie extreme level of grotesqueness and, dis- and disturbing imagery. Um, it's like... It's like early John Waters stuff, but on, on, um, super acid. (laughs) Uh, Oh, actually probably more on meth than acid. (laughs) So I love this movie. Um, it's everything I was hoping it would be. I've only ever seen a couple other of Nick Zed films before. Uh, one of which I have on, which I do have on DVD, which is called Geek Maggot Bingo, which I love. Um, and then, oh, I can't remember the name of one of the short films I saw of his, but uh, he always kind of has where like a lot of other filmmakers from, from, from that movement did more like either avant-garde stuff or kind of more documentary style narratives based on life in New York at that time when New York was, at the late 70s, where New York was at its worst, where the city was basically going into bankruptcy. Um, and people literally living in dilapidated buildings and whatnot, and these filmmakers just grabbing Super 8 cameras and making their films. Uh, you got actors like Steve Buscemi got his start um, acting in some of these some of these films from this movement. But uh, you know, but Nick Zed has always been the one that um, is really the one that fascinated me. He's always kind of had a little bit more of a horror slash sci-fi touch to his material. That and the fact it's like. Um, Carrying on the uh, John Waters Prince of Puke mentality of, of bad taste, um, it's everything. Everything about it screams early '80s punk, which I I love. Um, I find uh, all of its bad technical qualities very charming, and the message is definitely not lost either over with the all the overtop shocking and offensive content. It's obviously got a um, Great anti anti establishment anti mainstream message to it that I really appreciate it. So that is it for Insane's Peak uh, Insane's Pick this episode. Um, again, not necessarily horror, but it's got some toes dipped into it. Definitely, you can find it <coughs> in full on YouTube, and that's They Eat Scum from 1979. <coughs> Yummy! Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs>
3: Good
0: job, hoser. What's that? Good job, hoser. Thanks, eh? So, that's our show, eh? Um, I, I, I should have bet
3: the farm that you're gonna do uh do the intro that you did, and you're not wrong. I wish we could have just talked about Strange Brew the whole time, but could have,
0: and I still can. I know. Um. Yeah, I thought about well, before we started recording. Um, have you guys placed bets on where I was going to go with the uh, with the intro today? So, so that's our show, eh? Going to take us out with our theme song. Beauty, eh? Like we'll see you on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast, eh? Posers. Oh no, could this be the end of... Wow.
3: Jack
1: of the Killer Podcast Whoa. Jack of